Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Tonight I am flying solo. Jeremy has the night off. He's feeling a little under the weather, so we send some uh, healing vibes to uh, Jeremy. Hopefully he'll get well soon. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to tonight's show. We are here um, every Sunday at 9 p.m. offering those living with HIV and AIDS um, a dose of hope, and we allow those uh, living with a disease to come on and share their stories. And sometimes we allow those who do wonderful work, like our guest this evening, Butch, who um, are HIV negative and do great work in the HIV arena. And um, I just want to thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, again, before we bring our guest on this evening, I do want to mention a few things. Uh, if you missed last week's show, you can go back into our archives on iTunes or on Blog Talk Radio uh, or on POSIM, our website itself, and listen to uh, Greg Halpin, who was on our show last week. And uh, next week, we will be having a special guest, uh, Sean Stroop, the founder of Pause Magazine, will be coming on and speaking about a new documentary that he is spearheading, which is called HIV is Not a Crime, uh, which basically is surrounding um, the topic of HIV criminalization and, and laws and how uh, people with HIV are being discriminated against. And it's a really great, interesting topic. So uh, you want to definitely uh, remind, remind yourself to check in next week uh, with the reminders on the website. Um, other than that, I'm just going to um, go ahead and, and bring our guests on since I do not have a co-host to talk much to, so um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring Butch on. Uh, please let me tell you, welcome, first tell you a little bit about Butch. Butch McKay is currently the Executive Director of Okaloosa AIDS Support and Informational Services, Inc., a.k.a. OASIS, a position he has held since 1996. He founded the Positive Living Conference Series in 1997, even though Butch himself is HIV negative, he has been in the AIDS arena for over 24 years. He has served on the planning committee for the White House Summit on HIV and Aging and attended the presidential reception for the National AIDS Strategy. He directs the Activate You Advocacy Academy program that ha- was awarded by uh, the ADAPS Advocacy um, Wait a minute. I'm sorry. It was awarded the ADAPS Grassroots Advocacy Campaign of the Year Award by the ADAPT Advocacy Association, which is whew, a mouthful. Um, and uh, he is a wonderful man. And if you don't know Butch, um, you're missing out on a great friendship. Please help me welcome Butch McKay. Butch, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, been really unusually warm here in Florida for this time of the year. So I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> Go shovel some snow. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing that yesterday. It was not fun. Yeah, it was like 74 here perfect. today. And, and we're in North Florida, so usually we don't get this warm this time of the year. Well, you're lucky, I guess. I guess we got all the snow. I mean, it wasn't much here, but it was enough that I had to go out and break my back over it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on. You know, um, I, I met you a few times at the ADAPT Advocacy Association you know, um, conferences, but it, it, the Positive Living Conference is totally different. 
you know what I mean? And and, and seeing you there in, in your element, doing your thing, it, it was amazing. So I just want to give people a little bit of background about you. Um, what made you get involved in the HIV-AIDS arena in the first place? Like, how did HIV affect you that it touched you in a way that you want to, you know, work in this field? Okay, well, back in 1988, uh, my best friend, actually the love of my life, uh, we were never lovers, but we were always in love. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. a very special friend with a very special connection to me. His name was Tivis. He was very unusual, just as his name was. And uh, mm-hmm. I found out uh, towards the end of 1988 that he had tested positive. We had grown up together and been friends for many years. And he had moved to left, well, we were both grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and he had left Alabama to go to Texas and then ended up in Denver, and that's where he was uh, living when he was, uh, when I found out about his diagnosis. And uh, he actually died a year later, uh, and uh, very difficult to, for me to understand and to accept, and he was an amazing person who I was scheduled to go out and see him, and the day I was to fly out, he called me to say not to come, that his father had died and he had to come to Birmingham, so just to meet him at the funeral. And I remember uh, having all those fears of what he would look like, how how would I react to him. I'd never known anyone that had been infected, and so this was going to be a first time to see him since uh, I learned of the diagnosis. And uh, but to my surprise, when he when he when I got there to the church, he was as gorgeous as ever. He <laughs> was very fortunate that he at that time so many people you know were were wasting away, and a lot of people had KS and. A lot of things that were not very, uh, you know, that I was expecting to see, and, and so I was pleasantly surprised. And but I was still nervous and didn't want to talk about him having AIDS, and and I just kept going on and on. And I remember we were riding in the car, and he he stopped the car in the middle of the highway, and he says, "You're going to talk to me about my having AIDS, or I'm not moving this car." And people were blowing their horns, and we were right <laughs> on the interstate, you know. So finally, I said, "Yes, pull off the road, and we'll talk." And you know. He just said, you're having a problem with this, let me help you. And then I just lost it because I said, I'm supposed to be the one helping you. And you know. And he says, no, I've been dealing with this, and and so let me uh, talk to you about it. And you know, and we just had a wonderful conversation. He explained to me how so many people didn't have anybody in their life and and that he made me promise that I would get involved and make a difference in at least one life. And I remember hugging him and kissing him on the cheek that last time and uh, not knowing that that day would be the last day I would see him alive because six months later he passed away. And so I went out and met his lover and we spread his ashes in a place in New Mexico where he used to go and meditate. And I recommitted myself to that promise not knowing what I was going to do or how I was going to get involved, but the day I got home, there was a thing in the paper saying the quilt was coming to town and they needed volunteers. So that was my entry point into the world of HIV and AIDS, I guess. And uh, wow. I volunteered and spent an incredible weekend that weekend getting to know a lot of people and became involved with the buddy program and everything they had going on in Birmingham at the time. So that was my entry point. 
Well, that's pretty incredible. Do you think that if you didn't have that conversation, if he didn't stop that car, do you think you would still be involved as you are now? You know, I would like to think that I would be involved, but that was such a powerful moment for me in time that I don't think I could would be where I'm at today as involved as I am. Because every day I dedicate each day to him and his memory. And, uh, you know, and friends don't break promises to friends. So, And he knew that, and he knew me well enough that if I made him promise, you know, if I made that promise that I'd be involved for a lifetime. And so he knew that. (laughs) You're one who doesn't break your promise, obviously. Right. And, uh, you know, every day I recommit myself to that promise. So how did you get involved with um, Oasis? How did is that something that you created? Uh, no, actually, I, I did help create the agency in Panama City called Basic, and because uh, I had lived in Panama City right out of college and before I moved back to Birmingham, and uh, so friends of mine, uh, you know, we planned a, a reunion of all the people that used to hang out together at the the bar and the beach in the seventies, and. We had about a hundred and something people come from all over the country for a reunion, and they had asked me to talk about my work in HIV and AIDS, and so I did. And as a result of that, uh, several interested people asked me to come back and do some training about the Buddy program and stuff. So I brought five other people with me, and we got a group trained. And within six months, they had become an ASO. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but uh, that's what <laughs> happened. And it was like two years before they ever got any funding, but when they got their first Ryan White funding, they called me in Birmingham and asked me if I would consider coming down and being their first case manager, and and I did, and I was there for five years. And uh, then I lived in Walton County, which is one of the uh, counties that was served by Oasis out of Fort Walton, and Oasis was a very small agency with no money at the time and no grants. Uh, in fact, the first nine years of Oasis's history, it stayed open at the generosity of the gay bar and the fundraisers they would do. And wow. uh, it turned out some people that uh, there had gotten sick or some people had died, and they were almost uh, to the stage they were going to have to close their doors. And I met with a couple of women and offered to volunteer some of my weekend time to help them out. And and so they had bigger plans for me, I think, than volunteering, and they convinced Basic to subcontract with me for two days a week. So I started working at Oasis two days as the director, and then I'd go back to Basic as head of the education department for three days. And then it switched, and I started working Oasis three days and Basic two days. And that went on for about two years, and then finally they said, you know, they hired me full-time at Oasis, and it was kind of scary because at the time we had a budget of about $35,000, you know. Right. So, But uh, but now we, we have grown substantially since then and fortunately got some, you know, Ryan White grants and other grants that we could provide services for people. We wrote a grant to get uh, uh, Part C funding so we could have a clinic in Fort Walton because at that time everybody that, saw a doctor or a case manager had to drive a hundred miles round trip. We had no really services in the community. So so anyway, we've grown a lot since then and when I came to work for Oasis I made them promise me one thing. <laughs> I said, I have this dream of doing a conference and I want to call it positive living 
And because when I was working other places, people were interested, but they just didn't see that it would work out. So right. when I took the job at Oasis, it was with the understanding that you would at least let me try to do this conference. It was patterned after, and maybe some of your listeners were familiar with the old AIDS Minnesota conference in Bradenton, Florida, which had a 13-year run, started by Peter Utenbosch, who was a friend of mine. And uh, so... First time I went to that conference, I was just blown away at the energy and and everything. And most people there were HIV positive. And at that time, there were several similar conferences that around the country. But I know I met people like Martin Delaney and uh, River Houston, uh, Larklands, and a lot of people that were, you know, in the top of the field during those days. And uh, and it was. You know, so impactful that I came home and I said, we've got to have something like this in North Florida because people here never had an opportunity to travel to go places, and there was never any educational events anywhere held in North Florida. So right. it was my dream to start that conference, and Oasis gave me the nod and said, the agreement was you can do it, but you have to raise the money, and if if it loses money, you can never do it again. So... <laughs> so. That was the framework, well, and it, it didn't, well, thank God didn't that you lose did money, obviously, I mean, that time. So, you know, we're always sort of at a break-even point. It's very difficult <laughs> to raise money today for these conferences. In fact, if any of your listeners have ideas, I still need to raise about $50,000 between now and March. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How can people help you or, or contact you with ideas to raise money? Yeah, I mean, if you have any contact, certainly, you know, we're reaching out to everybody. It's You know, and this... Tough times. We used to get lots of funds from the, you know, health department and places that their funding's been cut, you know, and I have no problem, you know. I understand that they need to put all their extra money that they could come up with into the ADAP program because that that is such a priority. And so I thought I'll never take money from ADAP to support this conference. So I understand where the state has to put their money. So, you know, I used to get substantial support, but Unfortunately, because of the ADAP situation, that amount has lessened a lot, so I'm trying to make that amount up. Right. And, uh, a lot of pharma companies, you know, while they are still supportive, they aren't necessarily at the level they used to be, and there again, it's right. because they're putting into the patient assistance program large amounts of money right now. Exactly. So, so for somebody, so you went, went, the first positive living conference was what year? 1997. Okay, 1997, and now you are this one this year, number 15. <laughs> number 15. So that's awesome. First of all, that it's running so long. And what one thing I want people to know is what can they? What is the conference about? Like if somebody goes to this conference for the first time, like I did last year, what can they expect to get from this? Like what kind of people are there? Okay, 95 um, percent of the people that attend Positive Living are people living with HIV and AIDS. And it makes it the largest consumer-based conference left in the country. And one of the few that's a full weekend conference. There's several that have started up that, you know, or or a day or a day and a half. But this being a full weekend conference, um, they can expect to have an incredible experience meeting lots of people. To me, the value of any conference is the networking. You know, why mm-hmm. we're proud of our faculty and their staff and the quality of the workshops. You can't put a price on meeting new friends and making those connections so that 
and those times that you might not be at your best or you're low and you need a friend to reach out to, you have a whole host of people that you've met at Positive Living that you're comfortable with and knowing. You know, it's just a safe environment so that you don't have to put up any, you know, false fronts or hide from anybody. You know, you can just really be yourself, and I think that's one of the things that people take away from this conference. And it's often been referred to as a a family gathering. We we call it sort of a reunion for those who've been before. Normally our attendance uh, is 50% people that's been before and 50% new people. So it's always a good opportunity to meet still new people each year. Now I have to say I went there um, last year for the first time and I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, you know, being the new person, you kind of get nervous. And it was so welcoming. Everybody there had, like, open arms. And it was cool that I got to see a lot of familiar faces that I got to see at, like, ADAP conferences. But, again, like what you said, Butch, I think the most important thing was is that I was able to connect with so many people that were HIV positive. And for the longest time, you know, when you're newly diagnosed, you think you're that unicorn. Uh, people think that they're, you know, the only one out there and there's nobody like them. And to go to a conference like Positive Living Conference and to be completely accept it and just feel the love automatically, it's something that I, I, like, I talk about as a support group all the time, that everybody, you have to go to this conference. To me, it is the best conference because you can own, the best way to learn anything or to get through anything is to talk to somebody who either has experienced it or, or, you know what I mean, or has gone through it. And that's kind of why I created POSIM was so they could have that experiences. And that's what the, the Positive Living Conference does. It allows people to share and see that they're not alone. How many people would you say that you met at the conference that you've kept up with or that became listeners of your program or, or your blog? Or? I would say, I mean, a lot. I mean, I, I don't know exact numbers, but I could say that I've left there with closer relationships than with so many people that I've met at the ADAP. You know what I mean? That I didn't really talk to because it's a different kind of conference. You know what I mean? Like right. my, my relationships were closer. I think I definitely have at least 25 people that I talk to on a regular basis from that conference. Yeah. At yeah, least. Like I said, it is sort of like a family atmosphere. It sort of takes up. And one thing we've always tried to do is not claim ownership of this conference. You know, I talk about it as my baby, but still, I realize <laughs> the conference is bigger than me and, and the thing that we like to do, nothing makes me prouder than when I go somewhere and somebody's talking about positive living and they're referring to it as my conference. Or you know, and it's uh, we like to give ownership to the conference. We tell everybody once they're there for the first time, they then become ambassadors for positive living. Because particularly in our our budget crunch, we don't have advertising dollars. We don't put spend any money advertising this conference. It's always been word of mouth. And one thing I've learned about word of mouth, you get the people that need to be there. So right. Uh, when you advertise, you never know who's going to respond. You know? mm-hmm. But these people That's are invited so by, by people who's been there before, and you know, and it's I don't know. It just sort of works. It has a life of its own. I mean, it definitely does. It definitely it, it left me um, kind of wanting to. Like it kind of like re-energized my activism, and it made me want to get more involved. It made me really want to reach out and meet people. And I think if somebody, a lot of people go there, and and like I think I I watched in the video that you did with uh, Michael Rayner, um, that at, at the 14 conference, that 
you know, people come there who are, like, in the closet about their status and then leave and go home and become, you know, activists in their own communities. Right. I mean, that is so true. I mean, the stories we get afterwards, you know, that people contact us and talk about uh, their experience, huh? You know, there's this one girl I can think about that had been coming for two or three years maybe, and uh, she came up to me on on Sunday. We always do a lot of advocacy, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But in the closing advocacy session last, you know, last year, uh, well, I'm sorry, the year before, she came up to me and she said, with tears in her eyes, and she said, you know, I've never told anybody. My family doesn't know. Nobody I go to church with knows. The only person that knows my status is my doctor. I've never been able to open up and talk about it with anybody, and I've been so alone. She says, when I was checking out of the motel just a few minutes ago, the girl at the desk asked me uh, if I'd enjoyed my stay and was on vacation, and and I told her that, you know, no, I, I enjoyed my stay, but I wasn't here on vacation. I was here for the Positive Living Conference. And she said, oh, you must be one of the presenters. And she says, and for the first time in my life, I looked another person in the eye and says, no, I'm here because I have AIDS. And she said it was just so overwhelming that she could actually say that. And then the next, last year when she came back, she reported, you know, she had gone home, told her family, told everybody, started a support group, was meeting with legislators, and it just totally opened up a new world for her. And we get wow. stories like that all the time, you know. It's, it's a it's about empowerment, positive living. If you wanted one word, it's yes. You know. I totally agree with you. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. I mean, because yeah, wow. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people right. that sometimes you you don't see somebody's problems on the outside. You don't see their loneliness. They you know, you know, there's probably been at least one. A year or every other year, stories that you know you don't want to get into, you know, sharing too much of it. Somebody might recognize the person, but every year there's that one person. It seems like that was contemplating suicide when somebody brought them to the conference, and you know, and all of a sudden they weren't alone. There were so many people just like themselves, and they had those connections, and and uh, you know. It kept them from doing what they were thinking about doing, and that that's very for somebody that organizes this that's the thing that I get so emotional about <laughs> oh I'm sure but wow i I just think it's awesome, you know what I mean, and it speaks volumes of your work that you're saving lives, you know what I mean that you're literally doing that, and you're changing people's lives to 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 be empowered and and there's nothing better than to empower other people because it makes you feel great when you see other people being empowered because of the work that you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but you, you do great work. You know that. And back, you have back to know the, that. The yeah. networking thing, you know, we try to yeah. incorporate entertainment and fun into the conference. It's not just all sitting in a room listening to somebody. Or, you know, <laughs> uh, we like to have those opportunities where you can let your hair down. We, we have that dance every year in the karaoke and Yes. We bring in entertainment to some of the sessions, and we try to have humor and laughter. And, you know, we live. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great time. I remember the, uh, the last night, you know, when you had the party and the karaoke and people in there dancing up a good time. I mean, 
it, it was a good time to see everybody just let loose and, and just be themselves, you know, and just dance and celebrate, basically. I, I, I think so, you know, and, and, you know, I hope that uh, if people are listening in tonight and had never been, I hope they will consider, uh, you know, coming this year. One thing, you know, you need to register early, and you can do that at our website, because uh, for funding reasons and space reasons, we can only accommodate 435 is actually the max. We try to say 400, the hotel, but we always squeeze a few more in. <laughs> but, uh, you and know. people can go to ageoasis.org to register, right? Correct. And um, when they are registered, what or is there anything specific that they uh, they you know they need to have or anything like? I know you do have um, some scholarships that you offer. Um, right, we do have a scholarship program now. What we've had to do uh, in the last couple of years, and there again, it's the economy. I know everybody's tired yeah. of that word, but <laughs> uh, we ask that scholarship recipients uh, pay a small registration fee of seventy five dollars. For that $75, I mean, it costs us like $300 per person, but that includes if you're more than 75 miles from Fort Walton, you get three nights at the hotel and all your meals during the conference and any materials that we, uh, you know, might pass out during the conference. So it's a pretty good bargain. And the hotel's right there on the ocean, beautiful view, nice setting. Yes, it is. <laughs> so. It was like I walked out and it felt like I was like in a dream. You know, with the beach and, and and the water and the sunset right there, um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend people go to ageoasis.org and, and and register and sign up because this is something that's going to definitely change your life. I mean, it's changed mine. Um, one thing that um, I think that really touched me last year was that um, you know Michael Rayner did a um, kind of like a memorial service out on the beach, and I personally uh, didn't know the activist who passed away. Um, but I was so moved by that, by that sense of like family. Yeah, that was that and was us very not, And us not knowing each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to always set aside uh, some kind of remembrance ceremony because you know, we've all have suffered those uh, horrible losses of people uh, mm-hmm. that meant so much to us individually, and then for the advocates that have meant so much individually but collectively for everybody in the movement, you know. Uh, every year now we recognize Martin Delaney, who had been so much a part of this conference and was probably our biggest cheerleader for <laughs> for positive living. You know, when he passed away a couple of years ago, uh, we started the Martin Delaney Power of One Advocacy uh, Award, you know, and give that to everybody, I mean, to someone each year, uh, who's followed in his footsteps of trying to make the world a better place, and uh, and the year you weren't there, the year we did the memorial tribute to to Martin Delaney, but that was yeah. that was very emotional, and uh, people are still talking about you know that service and and what it meant. Even people who had, like you said, you had never met Randy, and the people that had never met Martin, uh, they knew Martin by the. <laughs> You know, at the end of the evening, he was uh, a long-lost friend all of a sudden. So, <laughs> Well, 
Well, just real quick, I want to open up the phone lines and allow people to give us a call here at the show. If you'd like to call in and ask Butch a question, or if you'd like to share your experience at one of the previous Positive Living Conferences, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press the number one button so we know you want to speak to us. Um, Butch, how often do you get labeled as HIV positive with being involved? <laughs> oh, probably every <laughs> week or so. And it, what's amazing... Uh, some of my, and I won't call them by names because they'd kill me later, but some of my best friends in high-ranking places, <laughs> the White House on down, who I've worked with for years will, you know, invite me to be a part of a panel or something for HIV-positive people or something, you know, and I'll call them and say, you do know that I'm not positive. And they just get so apologetic, it's so funny. You know, I says, never apologize. I says, I'm, I'm honored to be in such good company, so don't worry about it, you know. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but some, some national advocates, all, you know. And it's understandable. I don't make a deal out of telling people, you know. Right. Uh, I let them, you know. I'm, if I was positive, I would be the first to, you know, to admit it. Uh, you know, I right. just don't like to throw my negative status out there in people's faces. I think there's enough of that. Mark King does a wonderful workshop along those lines. Yeah, right. So. That was a good time. So like some of the um talk about some of the past people who came and spoke because like you mentioned Mark King, um who was there last year and was amazing. Yeah, Mark Mark's always good. And I've used Mark a couple of times since then. I hope he'll be back at the conference. If you're listening, Mark, we want you to come back. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, like I said, Mark Delaney from Project Inform for years did our treatment update every year. We've had Dr. Michael Sag, who's one of the leading uh, AIDS researchers in the in the world, actually, from UAB in Birmingham. Uh, it was his outfit that discovered the uh, viral load testing. So, you know, we've had a lot of named physicians, uh, Kay Squires, Mark Mulligan, a lot of people over the years and that are you know, treating physicians or research uh, people. We've had uh, comedians, River Houston, and River's coming back this year. If anybody's had an opportunity to see River, she's made the circuit for a number of years now, and you can never stop laughing when, when River I've never seen her in person, but she's been on the show. Oh, okay. She is. So funny. You will be, your socks will be blown off, you know. When, the first time she came to my conference, I had seen River before, but she was so funny the first time she did Positive Living. <clears throat> I have asthma, and I laughed so hard, I had to literally get up and go to my hotel room and take a breathing treatment because all of a sudden I was having this major asthma attack from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But, uh, you know, we have uh, Dr. Sherry Meltz, who is very entertaining, does wonderful Workshop. She's a psychotherapist out of Atlanta. She's always been at the conference. We had Marilyn Voker from Miami. If people are familiar with Marilyn's work, she's a sexologist. We've had Sean Strub. You mentioned him a few minutes. He was there mm-hmm. last last year. He was supposed to be there this year, and he <laughs> emailed me the other day and forgot he had a previous commitment. But he is sending uh, one of the guys that's in the video you were talking about. Uh, yeah, Robert. Have a replacement for him to do the workshop on uh, HIV is not a crime. Right. So, and uh, even though the movie won't be finished and out by then, we'll, we'll get a chance to see the trailer uh, and uh, talk to the people that were in that. So 
Uh, yeah, some of those people, um, um, yeah, they're awesome. Um, Monique actually uh, has been on the show before, and I think um, Nick, the guy Nick in the show, uh, in, the, in the documentary also, um, mm-hmm. filmed the ADAP um, PSA with me and Brandon. Yeah. And we've had Brandon Moscata, who's, you know, the ADAP Advocacy Association. He's been there before. Uh, Christopher Bates with uh, the Office of AIDS Policy with Health and Human Services has done a town hall meeting at Positive Living. I think, um, hoping he's going to be back this year. Uh, we've had uh, Dr. David Fawcett out of Fort Lauderdale, who's one of the bloggers with uh, The Body. Mm. People may be familiar with David. He also... Uh, helps produce the Gay Men's Health Summit. Uh, we've had National Housing Association people there, uh, Kathy Hires, who's also the director of AIDS Alabama, doing our housing workshops. We've had, gosh, over 15 years. <laughs> we usually yeah, have 16 to 18 presenters each year. So, You know, one of the, the people who really uh, stuck out from last year was uh, Paul Kawada. Yes. Paul, Paul always demanded an audience. And we're very happy because Paul, for the first time, was able to attend the conference. He had heard about it, had you know. And this year, um, NMAC's going to be a major sponsor of Positive Living. However, Paul has a conflict, I understand, but I've got a call scheduled with him Tuesday to see who's going to be representing them, which speakers they're going to be sending. Uh, so we welcome them as one of our major sponsors this year. Cool. We've had the people That's from awesome. Housing Works, you know, who does a lot of work with the campaign to end AIDS, Larry Bryant, Chris Yeah, Steve, A lot of them, love them presented too. at Positive Living. Uh, so, so many good people. Yeah, and we have, you know, probably each year the majority of our staff are people living with HIV and AIDS. I think that's another unique thing about the conference that helps participants uh, relate more. Uh, you know, they... Uh, are glad to see that somebody who's in the same situation they are up there presenting. And a lot of speakers have been born at Positive Living, people who have never, ever spoken publicly, uh, you know, have later on, after attending Positive Living, submitted abstracts and been accepted and, and have, you know, have done workshops for us, very good ones. <laughs> now, if somebody is listening and want to submit an abstract to you, how can one go about that? Or is that okay. cut off They're just about full. If if you got, I mean, yeah. I'll till the end of this month, I will look, continue to look at some to fill in a couple of slots. So, uh, and they could just send that to uh, my email address, which is the AIDS Oasis one, and that's the numeral one at aol dot com. And all they need to do is submit a one paragraph description of the abstract and a one paragraph bio on themselves that if they're selected that'll appear in the program. We don't make it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> and then of course we have yourself that's been a presenter. Yeah. And plans to present again this year. So we look I hope forward so. to that. my abstract gets accepted. <laughs> well I'm gonna tell you right now it's accepted. So oh, pack your bags, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is when I got picked up, um, I got picked up by you and Kathy, and actually I was, 
talking to Kathy today on Facebook because uh, Jeremy uh, was sick and let me know that he couldn't make it tonight. So I wanted to have somebody come on and, and kind of host with me. So I reached out to Kathy first, thinking that she would be great to have on, but she said she had some stuff she's dealing with and couldn't be on, but she sends her love. Yeah, one of her really close friends has got a cancer diagnosis uh, this week, and she's having a tough time dealing with that. Yeah, so she sends her love to you. Uh, but I just remember her, you guys picking me up and driving in the SUV with, with you all, you know, back to the place, and, and how, like, just instantly I felt connected to you all. Yeah. Uh, Kathy makes everybody feel welcome. She's she's an incredible woman. I've had the opportunity to, you know, know her for so many years. There's about five people that I consider permanent faculty for Positive Living that presents every year, and they're always well-received. Then I have my rotating faculty, people that come like every third year, Rivers and, and that group. And then I have another third of the speakers that are new to Positive Living each year, so... But Kathy's incredible. I had a opportunity to go to Africa with her and work in the jungles of Tanzania. And, oh, wow. You know, it was just really quite the experience. Changed my life. Let me see things, a whole different perspective on AIDS in the world. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and because totally of that, we've had there. people cut from Africa come to Positive Living. That's another actually, thing. You, you, you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, last year we had people from 20 states, from Washington, D.C., and then we had the one gentleman from Uganda. So. Right. Um, I did have some people submit some feedback to me um, via email about the conference um, because they weren't able to call into the show. So I did want to uh, read some of them on air so you can hear them, Butch. Um, one is from Vicki Lynn, and she says, this was my first year attending, which was last year, and I am grateful that I had the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people. I truly enjoyed the weekend and all it had to offer. My hat's off to all who were involved in putting it together. I hope to see you all again next year. Let's see. Who's next was uh, Mark Hubbard. I can't help but echo everyone else's feelings. I always need some time to process the experience and always feel just a bit sad when it's time to leave the conference. I enjoyed all the face-to-face conversations and the energies of everyone in, the, in every room. I dare say that if you have never organized a meeting, you'd be astounded at the work involved. It's completely unheard of for a conference with this number of attendees and sessions to produce by so few people. They work so hard. And let's see, the other one I will read from Lane. And he says, I leave this conference knowing there is so much work to be done, many letters that have to be written, many doors to be knocked on, all with the confidence that I have leaders I can count on for advice, guidance, and support. I'm leaving this year with an extended family. So, you know, people all got the same thing to say that it's such a great time. You know what I mean? And it's such a powerful, uplifting experience. Well, I certainly appreciated the blog you did last year after the conference, and and I've used that in promoting the conference this year. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> oh, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. Yeah, and, and my uh, letter I mean, to p- potential sponsors, I have uh, two links in there. One is your blog, and the other one is David Fawcett's blog. So. <laughs> awesome. So tell me about what you did at the White House. Um, That's something we didn't talk about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
You know, I was real thrilled. About it. <laughs> I was real thrilled when I got the invitation, uh, you know, the presidential invitation to come to the unveiling of the National AIDS Strategy. Uh, that was quite an honor. Uh, you know, there was probably 175 people or so there. I'm not. I didn't. You know, the room was kind of full anyway. So I got to meet the president. That was him. You know, it was something that uh, was very meaningful to me. Uh, and I think he's very genuine in his concern for people living with HIV and AIDS. I know I've had the opportunity to work, and I'm sad that Jeff left the end of December, but Jeff Crowley, who was, you know, the director of the Office of AIDS Policy for the White House. Uh, so I had actually, before the the unveiling, I had been to the White House and met with Jeff one-on-one uh, right after he uh, took that position when Obama first went into office. I was sort of blown away when I uh, sort of invited myself to the White House and got the invitation accepted. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that, that that was a nice meeting, and since then Jeff and I had always been able to communicate via email and, you know, have some very good dialogue that's been beneficial to, to me and my job as director of an agency. Uh, you know, and he was fortunate enough. He got the president to send us a letter to be read at the conference uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, so that that was special. And yeah. then in our dialogue after the White House uh, unveiling of the strategy, I started this dialogue about I didn't think the strategy mentioned enough about the situation of HIV and aging. And so we... Mm. I got some points back, you know, well, it's mentioned on the, on the list of pages. I said, I didn't say it wasn't listed. I'm just saying it wasn't <laughs> enough emphasis on it. So right. about two weeks later, I get a letter from Greg Millett from the White House saying they're going to have a White House summit on aging and would I be on the planning committee. So <laughs> so sometimes wow. you have to be careful what you complain about. <laughs> they, then they sure ask you to about. work on fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> so so now, we, you know. One of the one of the um one of the big things that I remember from the conference last year was the the activate you um, yeah this is uh, this is something we started a couple of years we've always done advocacy since the very first conference in fact, the very first conference we did our first activate you activate you was a program that was started by the old uh florida h i v aids network uh and they did it for one year, and then that sort of just died out and went away. <laughs> uh, protease inhibitors came about, and everybody was feeling well, and the government started giving us money, and nobody had any problems anymore, so we didn't need to become activated to do anything. <laughs> so over the years, you know, things have changed, and it's time to get activated again. So... Uh, we revived that old program and got permission from the AIDS Institute to use the logo and the concept of Activate You. And so we uh, have had it the last two conferences, which is a full day of advocacy training. And it's grassroots training uh, from the simplest things of, first of all, how you find out who your elected officials are, whether that's local, state, or national. We give you websites to go to and how to navigate those sites to find out who you should be contacting. Then uh, websites on all you need to know about your member, you know, so that if you 
when you're writing them or visiting them, you, you know something about them ahead of time. And also, we train you on how to write letters to your congressman, the proper way to do that, how to, you know, if you're going to uh, send an email or if you're going to uh, make a phone call or schedule a visit, how you do that. A lot of people, you know, get put on buses and carried to their state capitol or the or the capitol in D.C., you know, for advocacy days, and they really aren't always given the training they need. So we uh, tell them how to develop uh, talking points so that they don't go in empty-handed. And one of the crucial things is people that have never been on a legislative visit, you know, sometimes come away with bruised feelings because they feel like they didn't get a chance to really say everything they wanted to say or tell their story. And, you know, that's one of the things we try to let people know up front, you know. You're going to have only a couple of minutes, so make the best use of that, you know, so that you're not taken off guard and thrown off track because all of a sudden, you know, they're looking at their watch saying, I have another meeting to go to. <laughs> so, you know, everything you need to know, you know, that makes you comfortable in being an advocate, that's what we try to do is instill a comfort zone, you know. So, uh We've been very successful in those trainings, and we also take that training on the road. You know, in the last two years, we've trained 1,600 people. Uh, wow. It's been funded uh, the last couple of years from by Age United, and we have another application pending with them, which we'll find out on February the 15th if we're being refunded. We're also in uh, early talks with, and I can't give the name because it's not uh, allowed right now, but a major corporation that's interested in Activate You that we're in discussions with to to fund that so we can actually take the program outside of Florida as well. We've had requests from just about all the southern states to, to come and present Activate You, and we just haven't had the budget. And Age United funding is limited to just northern Florida, so we couldn't even take the program to south Florida. So. Wow. So we're looking forward to maybe, you know, advancing that agenda with getting some additional support. We still need the support from Age United, and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> and they're going to oh, be at the involved. conference this year and doing some workshops and working with us, uh, along with, uh, I mentioned NMAC was going to be there this year. So, uh, But cool. the advocacy is so important to, to us today, particularly with the election this year and uh not knowing what that's going to mean for affordable health care. So this year, Activate You will have a lot of components about uh, where we are with ADAP and AIDS Insurance Continuation Program, uh, Medicare, Medicaid issues, uh, where we stand, you know, the impact that the uh, Affordable Care Act and health care reform is going to have on the Ron White Program. So there's just so much out there we need to listen to people that are in the know. And uh, yeah. and hopefully we're going to unveil the, the new SHARP project, which is a thing with Harvard University does for a lot of states where they gather data uh, to really give you a precise picture of when you're talking to uh, elected officials. You have all this data and everything in front of you that's been done by this group and a well-recognized group at that. And I know Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, several of the states that had those reports issued uh, have gotten a lot of mileage out of it when they 
uh, talked to elected officials and got funding secured and things. So this is the first time they've been in Florida, and this is a report for North Florida. And we're hoping to unveil that at the conference. Well, I hope so. I hope everything goes well. It sounds like you've got a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been kind of crazy lately. And I'm, uh, tonight I'm still writing grants, trying last-minute grants, trying to get more money for the conference. So. Well, you know, I, I, I wish you much success with this conference this year. I can't wait to go and see you and, and to be there. And if there's anything that I can do to help you in any way, just let me know. Okay, I appreciate that. Because I'm so ready. Um, how, before I let you go, the one question I want to ask you is, how is uh, the state of ADAPT in your state now? It's still scary. I mean, you know, we got the additional funding and the uh, ADAPT supplement, and we were able to, uh, you know, greatly reduce our list. At the time, it had gotten to 4,000. And with that additional funding, we were able to uh, remove a lot of people and got down to where we only had 806. But then, since then, it's growing. You know, we're back to being, even though it's just a little over 1,000, we're still the state with the most people on the waiting list again. <laughs> so. Darn. So it, for oh. you know, we got a lot of people off, but we got a bunch of people coming on every week. So it's right. God, it's a still shame. a crisis here. <laughs> that's a shame. That's a shame. Well, Bush, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with me and all that good stuff. And people can find more information on um, Oasis and yourself and the Positive Living Conference by going to AIDSOasis.org. Correct. Correct. And they can also find all that on Facebook as well if they, you know, go on because it's all on there too. Yeah. And then there's the Positive cool. Living Reflection page on Facebook. So. Yes. When well, exactly are the dates for the conference so we can let people know? Okay. March 9th, 10th, and 11th. And for any women out there, there's only a few days left. There's the Positive Women's, Women's Network out of Oakland, California. is doing a Southern Women's Summit pre-conference on March 7th and 8th at the same hotel. Uh, their attendees will probably all be staying over to attend Positive Living, but there's that opportunity, and, you know, you just uh, Google Positive Women's Network and it'll take you to their webpage, and uh, there will be a link on there about their their upcoming conference. Cool. Well, I will put a post to both things on the Facebook pages and all that good stuff. And, again, uh, Butch, thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you for having me. I look Anytime, forward to I can't seeing you. To see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All well, right. You have yourself a great night. Okay, you too. Bye bye. Thanks, Butch. And remember, folks, you can find more information on our guest, Butch McKay, or the Positive Living Conference by going to www.hoasis.org. Let me take a quick break, and I will be right back. <laughs> I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looked good and smelled good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we are back. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Positive Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. We uh, just left off with our guest, Butch McKay. 
of AIDSOasis.org. You can find information there about the Positive Living 15 conference. It is an amazing conference, everyone. I actually went to this conference last year, and it was my first time, and it was like my first workshop presenting. And uh, this year I will be presenting again, as you just heard Butch say. Uh, thank you, Butch, for that. Um, and we will be presenting um, a, a, a workshop on finding HIV support online, um, whether it be uh, Facebook, POSIM, Twitter, whether it be uh, the POSIM radio show, whatever it is, it's being able to find support in, in 2012 because now not everybody is going to support groups. They're looking for stuff online. And uh, Jeremy and I are going to be on there, and we're going to be talking about why we started the Pauseline Radio Show, why we host it every week, what we're here to do. And um, I, I hope you guys will be able to come there and, and check us out. Um, again, you can find information on the conference at AIDSOasis.org. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about is if you are a new listener and you are not a member, you can um, – log over to www.pausim.com and, and join the POSIM social network. And what that is is a social network for people living with HIV and AIDS, and it is a social support network. So it's a place for you to go and, and find friendships and share experience about living with HIV and AIDS um, and, and, and connect with other people who are looking for friendships and support. Um, that's what everybody is there for. Um, it, newly diagnosed to long-term survivors, so uh, we have a, a blend of amazing POSIMers that you can connect with uh, through live chat, discussions, groups, whatever. Um, a couple things that are uh, trending on the POSIM network that I wanted to bring to uh, the attention is, one, um, biohazard and POS tattoos. Would you get one? Um, it, it's something that I personally think I would get, but maybe when I was newly diagnosed it wouldn't be. Um, it kind of takes me back to a friend of mine, Mike, who when we were first coming out of the closet, he got a rainbow tattoo on his leg. And I thought, oh, my God, I would never do that. I would never advertise. Like, I never understood why people put rainbows on their cars or on their bumper stickers or why people, like, promoted it. They were gay. I was so ashamed at it. Um, and it, it's different now. Like, it's the same thing with the status. When you're newly diagnosed, you're full of shame. You're full of no confidence, you think the lowest of yourself, you think that you're scum, you think that you don't deserve to have this full life, or maybe you're just confused or lost. Um, if you're newly diagnosed, it's a process, so you're going to pass this through the journey. You're going to eventually be able to accept your status fully and be okay with it. You're still going to be able to do all the things that you wanted to do, whether it be go to college, whether it be uh, have kids, whether it be get married, whether it be have a relationship and experience what love is. You're able to have it, just don't give up on it. Um, you have to work yourself through the process and learn to accept yourself all over again. It's a process that takes longer for some, you know, and shorter for others. It just kind of depends on how it, uh, it works for you. But once you get through that process of not denying your HIV status, but kind of sweeping it under the rug and not wanting to think about it, um, you learn to be okay with wearing a red ribbon or maybe putting that rainbow sticker on your car. Um, you know what I mean? So it, it's funny how it kind of parallels being gay, um, you know, having the, the tattoo. So today in 2012, yes, I would get an HIV-positive tattoo, and I would have no problem displaying it and having conversations. Now, I know the average person may not be open to wearing a tattoo that has a red ribbon or be, be open to talking about HIV and AIDS, um, but I am not your average person, obviously, because I am here hosting outside of radio and telling everybody that, you know, I live with HIV, and, and, and I share my story, you know, through the show and, and through the posts just so I can inspire other people to go on with their dreams. 
Life is not over after you're HIV positive. Your dreams are not infected. Um, I think that's the most important thing that I can leave you with. And when you go to conferences like this, I mean, what makes this conference so fabulous is that, he, like, like Bush said, 95% of the people who attend this conference are HIV positive. So you're going to meet a lot of people who are just like you. It's like you don't even have to have that conversation about HIV because it's already there. You know, it's, it's a place where you, it's a conference you're going to go to and you're going to leave a better person. You're going to be a better you. Um, so I advise you to go to AIDSOASIS.org, sign up for the Positive Living Conference. Um, he is accepting a few abstracts if you think you have one that you would like to send to him to do a workshop, uh, send that over to Butch. It is something that you will never forget. It is something that I know that I will make a tradition to go to every year because now that I've been there once, like Butch said, I feel like I am family. I feel like I need to go see these people and be recharged to rejuvenate my activism for, for 2012. And I think that anybody who goes here will be leaving, um, like floating on cloud nine. That's exactly how I felt. I met so many people and was surrounded by love. I mean, I went there and I met so many people who are on the positive and social network who I never met in person. And that was like my favorite part was meeting other people who are, who are on positive and who are updating and blogging and sharing photos and who I chat with every day through the website, but I never met face-to-face. -face. So meeting people face-to-face -face that I've known online for many, many years is something that, you know, really, really helped me accept my status and, and, and move forward. So I advise you all go to AIDSOASIS.org and, and check it out. Um, and, and fill out a, a form and register. You need to go. This is something that could change your life, totally change your life. Um, and if you're debating it, go check out the website and see if it's something for you. Go to my blog and search um, Positive Living Conference and, and check out and read about my experience from last year. Um, it was something that is unforgettable, so uh, I advise you to do so. Uh, next week I will be co-hosting with a fabulous Jack McEnroth, and he will be joining me when we speak with uh, the founder of Paz Magazine, Sean Stroop, who will be coming on and talking about his new documentary called HIV is Not a Crime. Um, we will basically be discussing HIV criminalization, and we will be taking your calls and answering your questions here. So please bookmark it for next week, and I hope to see you all there. Again, you can find more information on our guest, Butch McKay, and the Positive Living Conference at ageoasis.org, and more information on myself and POSIM Radio by going to www.posim.com. My name is Robert Brining. I thank you all for joining me this evening, and I hope to see you all next week. Have a great week. Figured I spit it like I actually have HIV. That way people will listen. 500,000 people just died from it, and awareness is what I stand for. I'm still standing better than I ever did. With that HIV. With that HIV. Get tested. Make sure you're not infected. I'm still standing better than I ever did. With that HIV. With that HIV. Wrap it up. Don't be like me. Was in my breast, thinking about my health When realized it's been a while since I checked myself Lately I've been running up in everything wrong From virgins to girls I meet the same day and day before Gave my doctor a call, he scheduled me that same week I came in So he could examine what I gave him Week later
later he contact Left message to call back Said he got results and we need to talk about that Now I'm scared homie but the massive sweat Took a deep breath and called him back direct Out of respect, phone rung twice Lady picked up, assumed it was his wife Your husband home, she said hold on Then he came to the phone with the obvious Wasted no time and a profound tone Told me I'm positive Stood there froze, heart beating fast Dropped the phone slow, stopped her on the other end Screaming hello Everybody know I got it got I lost 50 pounds Through my skin you'll spot it The virus done took over My heart colder Anorexic Arms touching Shoulder to shoulder Feel like my life is over Nothing to live for Can take any chick now And run right up and I'm raw Cause if I got to go Believe they two gotta come along But won't do cause I'm righteous And know that that's wrong So I just lay and suffer While my family mourn Friends happy cause they know Soon I'll be dead and gone Didn't even get a chance To create a firstborn But I'm glad cause all I would do is leave their hearts on I'm in and out of therapy The way them doctors hurry me To put me on life support Cause there really ain't no cure for me But though I know there's one I just stack my fun, son And take a leech up Like Magic Johnson Johnson With that HIV With that HIV Get tested Make sure you're not infected 